Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we've been out for a little while, but uh, we had a really exciting week of preseason. If you follow the game so far, the Ducks uh, have gone 4-0-1 and one in the first five games, Eddie. And uh, we'll go over each of those games. We'll talk about some of the lineups, uh, some of the movement between the minor league team and the Ducks, and answer some fan questions. But let's get to the games. Uh, I know everybody couldn't watch all of them. Some of them were on the radio. But uh, the first game, the uh, the Ducks ended up losing. But uh, they played pretty well in this one, Eddie. They came out swinging, uh, getting some goals early. Uh, ended up going into the uh, the overtime with the new three-on-three. And uh, unfortunately, the Ducks lost this one. But uh, it was still a good game for the Ducks. Uh, the final was 5-4, to four, Eddie. Yeah, and this was when the, the roster was a little bit bigger, too. Uh, you know, Nottin was still there. Freiburg was still there, too. And... Actually, that that line with uh, Sekatch and Freiburg on it was was really impressive in this game. Uh, Sekatch catching a lot of people's eyes, scoring two goals, and you know they, they seem to be cruising. Uh, you know, one Sekatch scored in, um, in the third period, and Wagner scored right after to give him a four-two lead. But unfortunately, you know, Skelly got a short-handed goal, and and then the Habs got a power play and tied it up, and got a little bit of a taste of the the three on three and and you know the end to end action and, and unfortunately ends up going against them but you know it's, it's not a lot of people could watch it so you, you have to listen to it on the radio but oh, uh, it's still exciting for for the first game of preseason yeah some of the things that uh, I noticed you know obviously only by listening you know not able to watch it but uh, it looked like the Ducks still had issue on the power play Eddie you know going zero for three uh, weren't able to get anything done on that. Um, they look good in terms of you know being physical. They had 25 hits. Uh, they also won the faceoff battle, 30 to 22. So overall, it looked like the Ducks played pretty well. Um, just that power play still kind of been an issue. Yeah, and and you know we hoped bringing in uh, Paul McLean would would help that, and they'd have a, a new look. And you know they've been uh, sitting uh, their their mainstay of the power play. You know the the main thing they're looking to do is, is sit a guy in front of the net and. You know, Maroon was doing that on occasion. Uh, Nason as well as uh, in the in the second game, how he was in front of the net as well. And you know, there, there's a new look to it, but it, it hasn't seemed to caught on. And I mean, this it's still preseason. There's a lot of different guys, and you, know, you haven't really got your your power play unit set. You know, they could change uh, game to game. So I think we'd have to, you know, kind of wait till the to the first like ten games into the season, and you know, see um, how how it's shaping up. Uh, you know, then. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just the preseason now, but just something to keep note of. Uh, Player-wise, you know, some of the players that impressed me, obviously, by what I heard, was uh, Setcatch, of course, you know, scoring uh, two goals uh, early in the first and early in the third. Uh, Wagner played well as well in the game. Um, you know, he's been delivering hits left and right. He gets a goal in there. Um, and... Uh, Basically, uh, the rest of the team uh, played pretty well in this game. Uh, I thought that they did good. I just thought that maybe towards the the end there in the third period, they just couldn't quite hold on. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it it it, it, it was a weekend lineup. Like uh, there's a lot of rookies in the lineup, and you know, um, 
they they slowly been cutting it down game after game and you know obviously we'll get to it in a little bit but the game uh, yesterday where it was pretty much everybody that you would see on a, on a normal night you know Kessler wasn't playing Silverberg Cogliano but you know we're, we're getting closer to to the main lineup and and you know the the play from uh, the the recent games has been really good. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the Ducks, uh, after this game, um, pretty much went on a roll. Uh, the next one they played uh, against the Kings, which, you know, this game um, impressed me because the Ducks, as you mentioned, Eddie, still went with pretty much that, that whole uh, training camp roster. And uh, they didn't put in a lot of the big guns in this game against the Kings. And the Ducks were able to pull this one out. You know, uh, Getzloff was in the game, obviously, but Perry sat out of this one. Um, as well, and some of the other big name players were not in this game, but the Ducks were able to pull this one out two to one. Um, you know, the uh, the last uh, second goal by Maroon in the second period was the difference in this game. But uh, I like the way the Ducks played against the Kings, and and you know, Eddie, every time that we're going to play the Kings, whether it's preseason or regular season, you're going to expect an intense game, and uh, that's what we got out of this one. Yeah, for sure, and and you know, the again talking about the power play, they did get a power play goal on this. Um, but it was on, uh, I believe, six attempts or five attempts with the where it took them to get one. Um, so we're still still looking for improvement on there. But you know, like I said before, um, you know, having Stefan Nason and Nick Ritchie, you know, those are two guys you probably won't see on the power play um, come the regular season. So nothing nothing to worry about there. But you know, one guy who who really impressed me in this game uh, was was Raquel. You know, he was all over the ice, had two hits, six shots. You know, he didn't record a point, but he played in almost 19 minutes of, of the game, and he just seemed to be everywhere, you know, making plays and. Uh, really impressive, and and you know one big thing too is he seemed to add it, add some strength, uh, um, in in the off season, and he seems to to be able to win more faceoffs, and I I guess that comes from the experience of playing with with Ryan Kessler and and Getzloff, and you know being able to to learn from those guys and and, and improve in areas that he needs to improve in. Definitely. I mean, he looked very good uh, playing at the center position. You know, uh, when I talked to him at the golf tournament, that's what he wanted to do. I asked him about the wing position with the added new centers, and he said he felt more at home playing the center position than the wing. Obviously, he would he would do that if he was asked to, but uh, he looks good. Um, you know, who else looked good, too, was uh, Frederick Anderson. Stopped 24 or 25 shots, um, played well again in net, looked solid, and... Uh, just really, uh, you know, kept it out of the net. Um, he looked good in this game against the Kings. You know, the Kings came in with some pressure, uh, as they always do. We always know that they're going to get that four check going against the Ducks, but they look good. Um, Jackman did get uh, knocked out early in this game. Um, he took some stitches to his head and, and was out. But, uh, you know, the reports we've seen from then on, he's, he's been okay, Eddie. But uh, it's kind of what you expect in these games against the Kings. You know, you're going to get, you know, uh, fisticuffs going and pucks flying and sticks in the face. And that's just Ducks-Kings hockey. Yeah, man. You know, that continued in, into the next game, too, against the Sharks. And we got to see uh, our, our first sighting of Anton Godobin in between the pipes. And, you know, he had a great game. He, he only let one goal on, on 24 shots. And, you know, the Ducks ended up uh, winning this one uh, late in the third period as well. And, you know, just a, another gritty performance and, and you know, good goaltending and, and great defense and penalty come by the Ducks. And, you know, Wagner obviously gets uh, his first goal of the preseason in this one. And, and uh, Perry ends up, you know, get one in on the power play. And Shea Theodore picks up his first uh, point of the pre- preseason. Obviously, uh, he's not on the roster anymore, but hopefully we'll, we'll be able to see more from him in the AHL this season. But, you know, just a, an, another good game. And, being able to pull out a, a, a win. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it was a good game. Um, they they came out a little slow uh, in the beginning, uh, and then uh, turned it on in the third period. Uh, like you said, scored those two goals. The uh, the last one by Perry there on the power play to get the Ducks uh, uh, the win. And um, obviously, this was on radio, so it was a little bit more difficult to you know evaluate the way that the game went. But from listening to it, you know, the Ducks uh, they won in the faceoff circle, twenty eight to twenty, dominated in the hits, thirty three to twenty three. Uh, looks good overall, and uh, you have to be impressed with uh, Anton Hudobin. Um, stopped, you know, 24 uh, shots, uh, or I'm sorry, 23 of 24 shots in this game, and played really well. And uh, we'll talk about another game, but um, he's really impressed me so far uh, in this preseason, Eddie. Yeah, but you know, this is this is a guy who you know had to step in for for Rask when he went down in Boston and played well, and. and you know, stole the the starting job in in Carolina at times uh, from Cam Ward. So this is a guy who who has the potential to be a starter and to to push Anderson and, and you know come in and you know something we haven't really had for a while is is a, a guy who can come in and and play at an equal or better level of the, of the starting goaltender when needed. And you know we see in in the next game against uh, against LA he has an even better game and you know he stops 31 of 32 shots and. It'll just it's it's great being able to put another guy in. You know, not, nothing against Gibson either, and it'll be great to see him um, mature and, and and get better in the AHL this season. But being being able to have these two guys, Anderson and and Hudobin, is going to be really you know beneficial to the Ducks this season. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, you know, moving along when the uh, the Ducks played the Kings again, beat the Kings again two to one. So I know everybody's happy with that. It's it's only preseason, but you know we all love to. Uh, beat the Kings whenever we can. So in this game, it was the same result, uh, a little bit different type of game. Um, this one had a lot more uh, physicality in it as compared to the first one. Obviously, uh, Lucic got introduced to, I think, almost the entire Ducks team. Uh, I know uh, Wagner had some uh, fun saying hi to him. Uh, Manson uh, scrapped with him. We had those videos up on the, the Twitter and on the, um, the game recap. I've been trying to get more videos up when uh, – the games are on TV, and I'm not there in person, obviously. Um, so those are up there if you missed that action. But this this game probably was the most exciting one, I think, Eddie, so far, even including uh, the win against Colorado um, that we're going to talk about in a minute. But uh, this game was intense all the way through. Uh, I thought the Ducks came out really, really strong in the first period and played pretty, pretty decent and then really turned it up and on in the second period. And that's when we saw all the penalties and everything going on. I think uh, Manson and Lucic going at it kind of got the Ducks energized. Um, and you even saw a lot of people were laughing about this, Eddie, but you saw Bieksa, of all people, stand up for Corey Perry against Clifford. I mean, I, you know, I couldn't believe I was tweeting that out during the game. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, looking at their yeah. history. But we talked about this when, when Bieksa, you know, was first acquired, that he's not afraid to drop the gloves. And, you know, this was a gritty game, 13 penalties in total. Um, you know, <laughs> just a a phys- very physical game. I mean, obviously two fights in, in, in Manson and Lucic and and BX and Clifford and you know then and Perry. You know, but it, it's it's crucial for him to get off to you know get off to a good start and and be hot going into the season and you know picking up two two more goals in this game and playing on a line uh, with Raquel and you know, is was really beneficial too. Raquel picking up uh, two primary assists in the game and off a really nice feed in, on the the OT winner as well. So, you know, great for him to get off to a good start. But you know, picking up two wins against the Kings in, in in preseason is always nice. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the overtime is very interesting uh, watching it. And this one, the Ducks went with Perry, Raquel, and Fowler, and the Ducks owned the puck 
uh, from the moment off the faceoff. They won the faceoff. They worked it in, did the cycle, uh, found Perry in front of the net all alone. Uh, he, he bangs that one just right over the shoulder and in uh, for the game winner. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't think, you know, Enroth could have, maybe he could have saved it, but he missed it. But uh, it's, I think it's a big deal in the overtime. Uh, two things that I notice, Eddie, is one is winning that opening faceoff, and, and two is not making a mistake. Uh, if you get down there and you and you take a wild shot or a bad pass, and then a uh, big rebound comes, you know the other team's going to come down the ice and either have a two on one or a three on two. So I, I, if I'm the coach, my strategy is, hey, let's get the puck down there, make the smart passes, try to get somebody open, and and finish it just like they did right there. Yeah, I, I think the players are just getting used to it too. That there's not many opportunities where you get to play three on three and. You know, it's a new thing that they have to get used to. But I think it, it suits the, the Ducks defensemen especially in, in having, you know, three guys in, in Lindholm and Vaughn and Fowler who are, you know, offensive-minded and, and good skaters. That's always going to help. And, you know, they're, they're great defenders as well. So having those guys out there with, you know, they've been experimenting with Perry and Gatzlaff and Raquel and, and pretty much everybody um, in, in the lineup putting them out in that, in that um, three-on-three situation. We saw that. Uh, last night too, where they they had a bunch of different lines out there. Obviously, it didn't work out there, but you know a lot of chances to to end it. It just you know uh, Lindholm uh, hit the crossbar as well, and they they just kind of you know they just couldn't finish it. Yeah, you know we'll talk about the Colorado game now, might as well. Uh, this game uh, kind of surprised me, Eddie. Uh, not that the Ducks won, uh, you know three nothing and and took out Colorado. I I thought that they could uh, take them down, but I was just kind of surprised with the first twenty minutes. Uh, I don't know if Colorado was tired or what, but the first period they looked really sluggish. Um, the Ducks outshot them 18-6 to six, uh, in the first period. I mean, obviously Colorado pushed back in the second period, but I was just a little surprised. I thought maybe Colorado would have came out stronger in this game, but I was impressed with the way the Ducks played in this game. Uh, a newcomer, Horkoff, getting the first goal there uh, in the first uh, three minutes, uh, and then just two minutes later, Santarelli, another newcomer, getting a goal. And, uh, you know, Hagman uh, finishing it off with an empty netter in the uh, the third when um, Colorado had pulled their goalie. But uh, it, this one was a well-rounded performance for the Ducks. They had a little bit of a lapse in the second period, which we've seen. Uh, you know, they, they, they kind of gave up some forechecking ground and whatnot. But uh, overall, they played well, enough hits. Um, they won in the face-offs again in this one, 33-22. Uh, they only had one power play, and they didn't score, so it's not a big deal. This game was... Uh, a lot more vanilla, I would I would say, compared to the Kings game where you had all these fights and hard checks and everything. In this game, we only had uh, three power plays out of Yeah, game. but I'll take it. You know, they continue uh, their good penalty kill in the, in the preseason, which is which is good to see. Uh, you know, if we can increase in, in at least one area in, in special teams, will be nice. But you know, we still got to hope that that power play can be better this season. But you know, it. it I, I wouldn't mind seeing a lot of these types of games during the season. I mean, it wasn't anything too exciting. I mean, that first period they dominated, and then Colorado slowly fought their way back into the game. And, you know, you still got to give it to, to Varlamov, too. He had a great night as well. And, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't see Gibson all the way throughout. So Kudyobin had to come in in the third period, and, you know, he, he finished off well as well. So, um, you know, these types of games uh, are, uh, are always nice to see. They kind of different tone like you said from the uh, the game against LA with a bunch of penalties only having uh, three penalties in this game but getting uh, all three new guys getting on the board was was nice to see with the Horkoff and Centerelli and, and even Hagelin getting the empty netter there and 
know, this being his uh, first preseason game, you know, he didn't, you know, stand out significantly, but there's a couple times where you got to see, you know, the, the speed that he possesses. Uh, there was one chance where uh, Getzloff got on the puck on the wing and he just blew by Tyson Berry and, you know, got a pretty good shot on Varlamov. So it's nice to, to see him in, in his first game in a Ducks uniform. Yeah, I think uh, he lived up to what everybody talked about with the speed. Um, that was his first game, as you mentioned, and he's going to be in the next game. Uh, at least that's what we've heard so far. Um, Gibson, uh, for those of you that were maybe missed the game or didn't hear, uh, looked like he left the game with an illness, um, and pretty much it wasn't anything too serious from what the Ducks are saying. So um, he may not be in on Saturday's game. Um, you know, we're assuming he's going to get sent back down to uh, San Diego here shortly. But uh, one interesting note in this game, and, and a lot of people are talking about it, other uh, Ducks uh, media blogs as well are talking about it, and uh, is Perry and Getzloff not being on the same line. Um, last night they had Getzloff on the top line with Stewart and Haglin, and then you had Perry on the second line, but uh, obviously Cognano and Kessler weren't in there. So, you know, I, I try not to make too much of the preseason stuff, Eddie, but... Uh, you know, people are asking, so we want to address it, of course. Uh, what do you think about Perry and Getzloff not being on the same line, you know, if the Ducks are going to do that to start the season? Uh, I think it's just more so experimenting. I mean, Getzloff and Perry played on the same line for a long time. Uh, you know, they don't need games in preseason to warm up to be able to play together. So I think Boudreaux's just kind of changing it up, looking to see what types of lineups he can get at different situations. Uh, you know, maybe if Perry or Getzloff goes down or if he feels like, uh, he wants to split them up at any time in the season. He has an idea of who he can put with each guy and, and who will play to get you know play well together. We saw Raquel play really well in a line with Perry, and you know we saw last night Getzloff and and Stewart had you know some success on on that first line. So, I mean, I I don't think yet yeah, that you can't look too much into it. Um, you know, I would expect them to start on the same line to start the season. We might even see it in the last preseason game here with. You know, probably Kessler and Cogliano and Silverberg checking back into the lineup. So, I think we'll see more familiar lineups coming into the, the Saturday game against San Jose. Yeah, I, you know, I actually liked it. Perry on a different line than Getzloff was interesting to me. I liked Haglin, Stewart, and Getzloff together, and we had heard that they had been skating together in practice. So I liked it. But I think you're right. I, I think the probability of it happening every night is probably slim. Uh, you know, I still like having the second line with uh, Kessler, Haglin, and Silverberg, if that's what they're going to do. Um, I, I just think that you can't really break that up. Or or maybe you put Cogliano on that line and then Haglin on the first line with Perry and Getzloff, something like that, like we've talked about before. Um, so I, I do like what they did, uh, splitting them up. But I, like you said, I, I just don't see it happen on a regular basis. Yeah, and you know, that, that kind of takes us in a little bit into the roster situation now with the Ducks. and. You know, um, recently uh, Brian McGotten, who had just been recalled from San Diego, has been sent back down, and you know, along with uh, Freiburg, Hackett, uh, Case, and, and Scarbosa have also all been sent down, and you know that leaves the Ducks now with uh, 18 forwards, nine defensemen, and three goalies. And you know, just today, um, Holzer and Mueller were put on waivers, so once they clear and and they'll be eligible to send down, the Ducks will have 28 guys. So, um, you know, we're looking at you know probably a decision between Richie, Wagner, and uh, Manson is what what is going to come down to. And one of those guys is going to stay up. Who do you think, you know, who would you want to stay up? And, but who, or also, who do you think has the most, you know, who's most likely to stay up? 
Yeah, we talked about this before, you know, and this has been a topic as well with a lot of people uh, as far as who's impressed, you know, people like Richie and people uh, like Manson and people like Wagner. And this is a difficult decision for the coaching staff, I'm going to tell you right now, because you're only going to be able to keep one of these three guys. And it's tough. I, I think uh, part of it is the contract situation. We talked about this that plays into it. Um, Richie and Manson are still uh, entry-level contracts, which basically means that they're waiver-exempt. They can go up and down between the teams, and, and nobody can claim them. Uh, Wagner is not waiver-exempt, so if he gets sent down, there is that 24-hour window where he could get picked up by somebody. Um, and we talked about uh, Bickle getting sent down for Chicago. So if Bickle gets sent down and doesn't get picked up, then I, I don't see Wagner getting picked up. And, and Eddie, I know we kind of agree on that. Um, but it doesn't mean that uh, you know that he won't get sent down. So it, it's tough uh, for me personally. Uh, people know this. I, I like Manson. That's the one who I would keep up. He played on the team the most last year. Um, obviously, Stoner has his situation. We know he's going to court on the ninth for the whole bear issue and all that. And um, you know, I, I don't know how much of a distraction that's going to be. It's the day before they play their uh, season opener uh, against the Sharks. So. That may come into effect there, and they may want to have that seventh defenseman, and maybe they'll have Manson in instead of Stoner on some uh, uh, occasions. Um, that's kind of what I look like uh, if I was to pick it. I, I would put Wagner and Richie down and keep Manson up, but it's a tough decision, Eddie. I, I, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. You know, there's a couple guys you look at um, of the 30 left that you know are going to be sent sent down obviously Gibson is going to be sent down you'd expect Joe Pascual to be sent down um Ken Helgenson's another guy you would you would expect to go down so when you you look at like we said with the the three guys that we have to pick from I mean Richie is is the guy you would expect to go down he's on an entry level um you know he's not gonna have to go through waivers he's he's the youngest of the three um you know he hasn't he doesn't have any NHL experience where the other two guys do so you know sending him down uh, even if he, you know, his play has been good, but you know, sending him down doesn't hurt, and him getting a, a full AHL season under his belt can only help him. So, then it comes down to uh, to Wagner and and Manson, and obviously with Holzer being sent down, and, and you know, more than likely Pascula going down. If you choose to keep Wagner up, then you have 14 forwards and six defensemen, and you know, it's never it's never great to go into a season with six defensemen. It's not as, as big of an issue this year with the team being so close, uh, with the AHL team, team being so close now that, that it's not a big issue to call a guy up. But, you know, one guy's already going to sit, um, you know, probably Jackman in most situations depending on the game. So if you bring up, if you keep up Wagner, you know, then you've got two guys, two forwards sitting each game and, you know, you don't have any options if uh, on defense if a guy needs to sit or he's hurt. Then you got to send. Eventually, you'd have to send down either Jackman or Wagner to bring up Manson. So I think the realistic option is 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 probably to keep Manson up. But then there's also the the, the chance where he has to sit, and then you know does that stunt his development if he can't play every game? And then you know, a lot of people will want Stoner to sit. But then you've got a you know you've got a healthy scratch that three million dollar contract. So um, you know, a lot of decisions to make here, but uh, I, d- I definitely like to see Manson, you know, come up and, and maybe even start in that six defenseman slot. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It gets down to Wagner and Manson, and I mean, this is extremely tough. I mean, I like Manson, I like Wagner too. I mean, Wagner can hit and uh, with the best of them too. He's good in the faceoff circle. Um, if he comes up, 
you know, the Ducks, uh, we talked about this, they're going to have six centers if he stays up. Uh, you know, you've got Nate Thompson that's still out, but you've got Getzloff in there. You've got Horkoff, Kessler, and uh, Raquel. And then you've got the added Santarelli in there as well. And then Chris Wagner. So, I mean, you're going to have all these centers, which that's not a bad thing either. We talked about this too, Eddie. Uh, if you can roll out a, a lineup with five or six centers, that's not bad because, we, as we've seen, Wagner can play wing, Santarelli can play wing, Horkoff can play wing. So you ha do have some options. It's always good in the faceoff circle to have backup centers, either um, not just necessarily on the lines, but also when you're shorthanded too. Sometimes you want to have two centers out there and two defensemen um, you know, to, to take those defensive zone faceoffs. So it, it's tough. I, I think because of the contract situation, I'd lean towards Manson, though. But uh, I'm just glad I'm not the coach right now, Eddie. It's a tough decision. Yeah, and you know, if you go off play too, I, I think Manson deserves it. And like you said, having uh, playing 28 games last season, he he has the most experience out of the three guys. So I mean, if you asked, if you polled everybody right now, I think it, the majority vote would would be Manson. And you know, I think we all hope he gets a shot. And and we'll just have to wait to see, to see. You know, I think uh, Saturday's game and the lineups in that game might give us more of a an idea and. You know, we'll just have to wait until the, the final roster is set. Yeah, this kind of brings us to you know some of the fan questions that we've had uh, going on about the uh, preseason lineups and, and what's happening as far as who do we like staying up and down. We kind of we've already touched on this already, talking about Wagner and Manson. But uh, one of the guys, Aaron, asked uh, in the preseason, uh, which three players do you think have stood out so far? And I, I, we've talked about this. It's kind of tough, Eddie, to pick three. But, you know, I would say pick three or four, I mean, um, and, and see who, who you like, and then I'll give you my three. I know we kind of agree on a lot of them, but uh, who would be at least three of the players that you think stood out so far in these five games? Yeah, and, you know, if you, you take their performance across all five games, you know, barring um, you know, one or two games where they've played well and kind of been non-existent in, in the other games, I, I think you'd, the first guy you'd have to go with is, is definitely Josh Manson. I mean, he, he's had an incredible uh, preseason so far. You know, he fought Milan Lucic. He's been a physical presence. He's, he's been defensively sound. I, I think he's really shown that he, you know, he's ready to play at the NHL level. And from the interviews, he, you know, he seems to feel like he is ready to play and that he, he deserves a spot on this roster. And, you know, his, his play has shown it for sure. And, uh, I mean, if you had to pick somebody else too, I think Anton Hudobin um, has been really impressive as well, putting up two um, really good games against uh, LA and, and San Jose, and then um, you know coming in in relief against uh, last night in the third period against Colorado and shutting them out in, in that third period. You know, he's been you know great to to have in the lineup, and and being able to have that second option there is always nice as well. And if you got to pick a third guy, you, know, you go to a four. There's there's a lot of guys who've kind of stood out. I think Nick Ritchie's play has been good. Uh, you know, Sekatch had a, a really good first two or three games. Um, but you know, in my opinion, I I really like um, the play of Raquel so far. I think you know, I mentioned it earlier how he's he's gotten bigger and um, he's improved his faceoffs and um, you know I think his his playmaking ability was was never in question. But you know, some of the passes and plays he's making uh, this season are a lot smarter and. You know, there's, there's a lot of creative play coming from him, so I, I like what he's been doing so far. Yeah, I agree with you pretty much on everybody. Um, I, I, For me, the one that stood out the most has been uh, Hudobin, uh, just because of his play in the net. He's only given up one goal in each of those two games, and as you mentioned, he came in the last period and, and shut him out. And he's looked really, really good. And this is going to be a huge bonus for Frederick Anderson, 
he's going to push Frederick Anderson. Frederick Anderson is still going to be the number one goalie. Don't worry, fans. He's going to be the guy. But Hudobin is going to play a lot of time this season. You watch. He'll play in the back-to-back scenarios, as, as most teams do, rotating those goalies in and out. But, you know, Eddie, we're going to see him in some of these games. We may see him against the Kings. We may see him against the Sharks. Um, Chicago, some of these tougher teams, he's played phenomenal so far. And I know it's preseason. I know it's early. But he's played well, and I think that uh, he's going to continue to do well. You know, a lot of people knocked him when he was at Carolina. But you got to look. He was at Carolina, okay? We're talking about a completely different team and a completely different defense in front of him. Now with this team defense, I think he's really going to help out the team. And the big thing is him getting to play more games will keep uh, Frederick Anderson fresher down the stretch. So to me, that was one of the big ones. Uh, And I agree with you also. Manson, of course, um, people have heard it a bunch of times. He's one of my favorite uh, of the the newer, younger, upcoming players. Uh, I like the way he plays. Uh, He left a shiner on uh, Lucic's face. There was some debate if it was a glove or if it was a stick. I don't really care. He left a shiner on Lucic's face. So that made my day because... In Kingsland, Lucic is supposed to save their season, supposedly. I don't know where they come up with this, but that's a pipe dream. So it was nice to see Manson do what he did in there. I mean, I don't necessarily think he won the fight, but I think it was a pretty good even bout. And if you watch the video, they went for a good 60 seconds. And if anybody knows about fighting, 60 seconds is a long time for a fight. Most NHL fights are you know, 10 to 30 seconds. So that was a good one. They even broke apart and came back at each other. So if you go on the YouTube, you can see that and our game recap too. Um, I like Sekatch too. He had the two goals in that game and he's played well. He's kind of cooled off a little bit. Um, but uh, I like his speed and what he's done when he's been given a chance on the higher up lines. And I like Wagner, too. Uh, the, the check he put on Lucic, uh, it's, it's gotten like two or 3,000 views already on YouTube. Everybody's uh, been going crazy over that play. So I like his physical play always, um, the way he is in the face-off circle, no doubt. Um, and of the current, I guess I could, if I go with current players, I'd go with, like you said, Raquel uh, with his face-off circle uh, ability. He's been getting a lot of assists as well. And um, I can't leave out, I know, I mean, it's a given, it's Perry. But, you know, when he double-tapped the Kings for those two goals, Eddie, that just brought a smile to my face because uh, Patrick O'Neill was on the uh, TV talking trash on Perry and the Ducks. So I loved it when Perry scored that winning goal because, uh, you know, just to show him, hey, it's still Perry, you know. And and a lot of people don't like Perry, but you know what? If he's on your team, you'd love him too. So uh, I I was glad to see Perry do that, Eddie. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we're just going to we're just going to have to see how the next game goes and you know, the season's uh, only a week away, so um it, it's get, it's getting closer every day and I mean, a lot of people are just, you know, finally happy that it's October and that we get to watch some, you know, even if it's preseason, we get to watch some hockey again and you know, I know everybody at, at Ducks and Pucks is going to be uh, you know, keeping an eye on on their fantasy for uh, you know, fantasy team for this year and you know, it's just it's just great to have hockey back finally. Yeah, definitely, and and you can tell everybody's been really into it. Um, I, I, you know, this is the first year actually, Eddie, that we did game uh, previews and recaps for preseason games. I, I wasn't gonna do them, and then I thought, well, maybe I'll just throw them out there, and uh, the response has been huge. Uh, you know, and and uh, fans are so into it right now that uh, when those two games were not on the radio, Eddie, all, all I kept getting is, is, you know, where can I go stream this? Where can I find this? And you know, people were upset and. Uh, Rightfully so. You know, I'm glad that the fans here are so pumped up. 
that they want to watch the preseason games. And, uh, you know, even the game I went to uh, with my wife against the Kings, um, you know, that was an intense game. Uh, uh, you know, the, the I think the stadium was sold out. I only saw a couple empty seats. So, I mean, that's really good for a preseason game, Eddie. There, there's just a lot of momentum in the fan base right now. Yeah, which is, you know, it's, it's always nice to see. That a lot of people don't always show up for preseason games, but, you know, the reaction that we've seen on – on Twitter and, and you know and, uh, on Facebook and anything is you know everybody's really into it and, and pretty much acting like it's the regular season you know getting into the guys getting uh, you know getting sent down and who's still in the lineup and you know who, who's gonna stay up and how's the lineup gonna look you know everybody seems to be to to be really into it so it, you know that's always nice to see yeah you know one other point too I, I like to make about this Eddie is with the lineups you you've seen the games and um, you know last night was probably the one with the most uh, regular players that was in it but obviously they're you know not all uh, playing every single night but you know I think it's big um, the ducks really stressed starting well to open the season and I think going four zero and one yeah I know it doesn't mean anything there's no points and and yada 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 which some people were talking about but you know what if you have a strong preseason like that and everybody gets that feeling, it's contagious, you know, and, and guys that have come to this team, Santarelli, Horkoff, Stewart, they all know, you know, we all know why they came here. They know why they came here and the way that this team has been playing right now. Um, yeah, they're not blowing out teams. They're, you know, they've won two to one. I mean, obviously they took out Colorado last night, which was a, a, a good way to uh, get that game done. But um, overall, though, they've been playing really well. Um, I've only seen a couple little things that we talked about, you know, a couple second periods here or there that are a little bit iffy, um, a couple power play uh, games where the, you know, but again, it's not the full unit, so I'm not going to be too critical of it yet. But I like the way the team's coming together. I think Horkoff's figuring out the system. Santarelli's figuring out the system. Stewart, Haglin, they've all talked about that, uh, you know, coming as an adjustment because they've all come from different teams, mainly Midwest or the, you know, East Coast. Um, type styles of games. So I, I think that's a little bit we may see in the, in the beginning of the season, Eddie, is some adjustments. But uh, overall from the Ducks, I, I, if I was to give them a grade, I'd give them an A for the way the uh, the pl- uh, preseason play has gone so far, Eddie. Yeah, you know, they've, they've been really good getting the, you know, after that first game, winning the next four in a row. And if they can uh, win this one on Saturday and, you know, move into the season um, on, a, you know, a hot streak, um, it's it's, it's going to be great for them to, to go in that way. And, and it's going to be a tough uh, first few games um, in the schedule, but you know I think they're ready for it. They, they look like the, you know, a, a, a sort of a different team this year. You know that they look like they believe, and you know they got they've got the close. Uh, it's not good enough on, on their shirts and in, in preseason so far. And you know, I think that they really show that they mean it, and you know, they think they can go all the way this year. And you know obviously a lot of other people do too. Uh, you, you know EA Sports predicting the Ducks to win the cup. Uh, Sports Illustrated also predicting the Ducks to win the Cup. So, you know, hopefully they're right and we get to see the Ducks lifting the Cup at the at the end of the season. Yeah, I like I like those predictions, Eddie. Uh, you know, we predict that the Ducks are going to go at least to the Stanley Cup final if they can stay healthy. I really believe that they can go that far. Uh, there's, there's really no reason, especially with the way everybody's uh, playing right now and working out. So it looks really good. Uh, a couple other notes, if, if you've gone to some of the games, you might have seen some of the updates on the uh, the stadium. Uh, first of all, uh, I know, Eddie, you can't go because you're all the way over in Toronto, but for those of you that are here and have gone to the stadium and seen the scoreboard, I have to tell you, it's just ridiculously huge. 
Um, it's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, it's like we talked about the two bigger screens face the benches and the press boxes with the smaller screens facing the, the goals. Um, the picture is high def, totally clear. Uh, I was joking during the, uh, the national anthem saying that, Hey, you could see the, the zit on the singer, you know, there wasn't one, but I was just, you know, you can, you can see everything on this screen. It's, it's just crazy. Um, th- during that game, I even caught myself watching the screen half the time instead of the game because uh it's just really good so those of you that have not gone to the game when you go and you watch the game yeah you're gonna probably watch some of it on the scoreboard eddie because it's phenomenal yeah i know i've seen it from you know just the the three games that have been on tv and then from some of the pictures and it just looks absolutely massive i mean I've only I, I went to when I went to the the game in Honda Center a couple of years ago. I remember seeing the the scoreboard and you know comparing from from memory the the, the size of the new one is is just crazy and you know, um uh, they're putting a new one in at the ACC which is close to me so I'll have to try and compare the size in, in those two. But yeah, like you said, it just looks it just looks massive now. Well, what they did too on that uh, that first preseason game against the Kings, they put up the old scoreboard on the screen of the new scoreboard to show you how much bigger it was. And I mean, the screen is like, I want to say four or five times bigger than the old one. So, I mean, it's just phenomenal. And, and if you sit on those seats, uh, you know, um, facing, like I said, the benches or the, uh, the press, uh, you could have an awesome screen to, to watch the replays and whatnot um, during the game. So that's really awesome. Uh, another thing that they added is they added four seats in between the benches. Um, and what I've been told is that that part will be used sometimes for NBC when they come and they have, you know, Brian Inblom or whoever down there in between the benches, maybe Brian Hayward too for some, I don't know for sure, but they'll have some media down there, but they also have the seats for sale. I don't want to quote the price because I'm trying to figure it out, but I've heard it's a ridiculous amount of money for those four seats to sit down there. But that was another added addition, Eddie. And, uh, it's pretty interesting, um, you know, now that they have the the wall removed right there and they have the rounded glass. So uh, I, I'm sure the Duck staff will, will have it down in case it breaks. You know, uh, the Kings, I guess, kind of had an issue the other night uh, with their glass. But uh, it looks good, and I, I think uh, it's going to be exciting to see, uh, you know, maybe some camera angles from down there, Eddie. Yeah, you know, I've seen a couple of pictures of those seats, and, and it's interesting to see. But like from what I've heard from you and some other people, is they're, they're, like you said, they're just extremely expensive, and you know, well, well, you'll have to find more information about that, I'm sure, and you know, see exactly the the, the price that they're gonna be. But you know, it's uh, you know, I'm getting closer to to the season, and you know, I'm just uh, I think we're all hoping that the Ducks start off strong, and you know, we, we get to. Uh, to see the, the Ducks lift in Stanley Cup at the end of the season. Exactly. And uh, along that line, uh, this year we're going to be doing some watch parties. Uh, I've got uh, three confirmed already for the month of October. Um, for the uh, October 10th game, the uh, season opener against San Jose, uh, we'll be at El Ranchito Restaurant in the Orange Circle. That's at 182 South Orange Street in the city of Orange. So we'll be there on October 10th. Uh, we'll be giving away shirts. Um, right now, tentatively, I have Phil Hewitt coming, uh, unless he gets called away for something else, but hopefully he will be there as well. And uh, we also have the 22nd and the 26th, uh, which are coming up later, and I'll send out some other reminders. I'm going to write up a little article. Uh, we'll have the menu on there for you and whatnot. But we're going to do, uh, I don't know how many uh, this year yet, but the manager there is a huge Ducks fan, so I've been working with her. It's a, it's a place that my wife and I like to go 
pretty often. So we're going to be doing our own watch parties. We'll have those going for October 10th, uh, the 22nd, and the 26th. So that's three we will have in October. Uh, and then we'll see about November, December, and how those work out. The, the Ducks kind of have a lot of home games to begin the season, so we may have more later on. And uh, also don't forget, um, we're giving away tickets to the uh, home opener um, on the 12th against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. If you listen to the last podcast, we, we mentioned a keyword. We're going to mention another keyword here tonight and then in our next one. And uh, basically the three words are going to make up a phrase. Um, you'll When you figure out that phrase, you just email it to us at info at ducksandpucks.com. Uh, we'll give you the time and frame and everything, make sure everybody gets a chance to enter it in. And then one random person will get two tickets. Uh, aisle seats, actually, uh, in the 400s uh, to go to the game on opening night. So follow us um, on each podcast. Listen for that. The word for this show is going to be go. So G-O, the word go. Uh, if you listen to the last one, you heard the last word, and then we'll give you another word in the next one. And we'll pick a winner, and, and that'll be it. But uh, keep following us. Uh, we keep trying to do more and more things. I know the expectations have gotten higher, Eddie, and uh, I think uh, we're doing a good job, but uh, it's exciting, and uh, we'll see you all uh, this uh, coming week and the rest of the season. 